They're prominent, they're successful, and some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on face-to-face with success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua, saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. You're listening to Face to Face with Success. I'm Nikki Webikicha. You know, success, I think, is really relative. I, I think it's a bit of an exaggeration at all times. I mean, whether it's in a soccer team or in a company where, yeah, where success is attributed to an individual, to a person. Um, I, you know, surely I think I've played a role, but every day I see hundreds if not thousands of people who come here mm-hmm. who, who give it their very best okay I see them I see them and they 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 may be doing yeah very menial jobs but they you know they're here they know what needs to be done in terms of their allocated responsibility and they do it to the best of their ability all right and I think for me being able to provide the right space for people to be able to do that, um that has been yeah that has been pretty pretty satisfactory mm-hmm. I, I guess the mantra that we've tried to use is is to say how can we leave this place better than we found it yeah how can we leave it better than we found it mm-hmm. and um and i think it is not just the people who work with me directly mm-hmm. uh but it's you know a guy who works in a van who looks after a very tough place who works in the sun who gets abused by people <laughs> uh, on a daily basis and they blame him for everything in telecom uh, and you see that that man is trying to do the best that he can or the lady at the call center or in the store and 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 in the end those are the people that we are about uh, and how do we give them meaning purpose reward satisfaction uh, that their being here is is the right thing to do Gone is the image and structure of the old, sluggish, grey, concrete, parastatal building, fatigued in both appearance and service. Telcom occupies a sprawling and busy tech hub in Centurion. The architecture is clean, fresh, metallic and glass. I'm whisked through to the C-suite boardroom by friendly and efficient staff. It's an airy, white-walled room with scribbled-on whiteboards that mean business. That's when Sipo Masego bounds in, energetic and purposeful. How does a lawyer become a telco tiger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, firstly, I was a—I think I was a very lousy lawyer. All right, so I—I um, I trained as one. I tried to work as one for about six months. Uh, I think it's a noble profession, but I think I wanted to do other things. Actually, I really wanted to do other things. And at the heart of what I thought I wanted to do was either to be a regulator or to be in financial services. So I made a, a career choice quite early that uh, I will not practice as one. But, but the profession gives you very good training because you don't have to be a lawyer because you've studied law. I think it gives you a particular way of reasoning things out, of evaluating challenges and, and problems and, and looking for solutions. So so I found that actually it's been a very helpful qualification to enable me to do some of the things that I've done. Right. Yeah. What drew you to law in the first place? As a little boy, is that something that you wanted to do? Actually not. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to university, I studied something else. I went to do engineering. 
But um, as any university student would do, I drank beer or... <laughs> as uh, one does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you, you know, go to Roth, for, No, to vets. <laughs> I went to vets and um, I drank the whole year, <laughs> uh, failed, and then wanted to do something that my mother at least would be able to recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at the heart of it, it's not even... Yeah, I can't say there was a calling or something. It was practical. I could get in. I think I enjoyed the course. There were very interesting personalities that were teaching it. And um, and I gave it my best shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Talgum is your second stab, really, at the mobile telephony yeah. tech yeah. world. Yeah. What drew you to that? Well, actually, that was very fortuitous because my, my actual stomping ground is oil and gas. Yeah, that's my real stomping ground. I say to people, what I think I know really well is uh, dollars per barrel, dollars per ton, or cents per liter. That's stuff I think I know really well. Uh, but I had been with BP for about 15 years. All my life, uh, I was with that company. I All my kids, I think, were born when I was working there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And BP had done quite a lot of special things for me. I think I got to see the world... Uh, for free with BP, and, and, and I got to work with very interesting people. But what then happened, and I think at the time, BP kind of used to rotate you every four years. So um, in I think at BP, I moved about 10 times, and I did about 12 different jobs. Sure. Um, and when the kids were younger, it was quite easy to move. You just put them on your back, and off you go. Um, but as they got bigger it became apparent that it was going to be a lot more difficult to move, number one. Number two, uh, my wife then was, um, had actually put her career on hold for me. You know, she, you know, she, she went to medical school. Um, and I think actually the fact that she did that, it really enabled me to get pretty far and ended up being CEO for BP in Africa. Um, my, my old man was getting on and he was a bit unwell. Um, so, so just at the end of my time at BP, when I was CEO here, um, it was clear that if I wanted to have my career still with BP, I had to leave South Africa, probably forever, uh, because I would have done BP's most senior job in Africa. That's number one. Number two, <clears throat> it was a big decision because essentially it meant. I'm going to die somewhere, you know, not here, and I might be buried there, you know. So that was uh, not easy just to contemplate. Uh, Excuse me. The second thing was that uh, my old man was getting on, um, and uh, I'm I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. And it really just made me worry that uh, they're at an advanced age, and and, and I was not going to be able to, to manage um, having to support them from far. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and I guess at the time also, my wife then wanted to find her career path, you know, and I think me being a lot more rooted was going to help her realize her own potential. Uh, so it was quite a number of things. So so then I wanted to, I had a very simple criteria. I want a South African job with a bit of a multinational tinge to it, uh, that was going to keep me at home. So then Vodacom, uh, Vodafone came, actually, because I was interviewed by Vodafone. Uh, and then that's how, that's how I joined them. Yeah. And I knew absolutely zero about, with, about telecoms. <laughs> and how do you make that shift, um, having been an oil man, as you say, mm. for 15 years? 
um, to a vastly different sector. Mm. And and what did being in oil teach you mm. um, going into this very different sector? Sure. Well, firstly, that <clears throat> I guess all businesses have their own drivers. So you kind of need to understand what the drivers of that business are, you know. And I think once you get the drivers of the business, uh, I think that's very useful. Uh, secondly, I think it is about leadership, you know. So in the end, I think it's really about it's really about how you lead yourself and how you lead others. So so I think it was a very <clears throat> useful dimension. And then it also kind of shows that uh, you kind of really not that special mm-hmm. because business is kind of broadly the same, you know, it's kind of broadly the same. Uh, Once you understand what drives it, what are the fundamentals of it, uh, what does it take to win in that sector, then you can be part of it. And and I certainly didn't go in there with a a notion that I I know it all. I I think even even if I were to go back to oil and gas, you know, there's a lot more to learn. Um, and I was lucky just to work with, yeah, very phenomenal people who were incredibly supportive and helpful. After Vodafone, Vodacom, yeah. you come here to yeah. this behemoth, which yeah. is Telcom. Yeah. And let's be frank, not a loved company, sure. not a loved brand, sure. um, whose service has been appalling. Sure. How did you go about turning it around? Coming here was kind of easy and not easy. Um, Firstly, I think telecom is a, has got a very proud past, mm-hmm. and I think it's just been a bit unlucky with a lot of things, either the way it, it may have been led and, and a whole lot of, you know, just circumstances as well mm-hmm. may have worked against it. But I think the true potential of the company had always been kind of there for me. Um, and I think Jabu joining the board mm-hmm. and the rest of the members of the board that he recruited, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I remember his recruitment style as, you know, Jabu would have it. it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of an instruction. Um, and, then I, and then I agreed. And I, and I think from the minute I started here up until now, it's been a fascinating project. Yeah, it's been a fascinating project. In what ways? Well, no, no day is the same, you know, for number one. Number two, I think that... Um, the sort of issues that one has to deal with, whether it's it's brand issues, whether it's financial framework issues, whether it's strategy issues, whether it's relationships with trade unions, whether it's relationships with our shareholders, uh, all of those things just provided probably for me the most yeah you could you could make a difference and you could see it yeah, yeah you could make a difference and you could see it and. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I mean, you know, there's instances where you kind of go home on a Friday and you think, I'm not going back there <laughs> on Monday. That's really uh, yeah, but, you know, those instances are few and fine between. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the main, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a fascinating project. Does it remain challenging for you? Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's very challenging. In fact, actually, I think, I think the real fun, the real challenge for telecom probably is where we are at now. Which is the sort of second chapter of the of the transformation of the firm? Because I think the first part, you know, was okay. I think difficult, but I think the issues that needed to be dealt with almost presented themselves. Uh, but I think now there's quite a lot of small little things that we need to do. We need to improve our processes. We need to make sure that we recruit well. We need to make sure that. Uh, we give people a true 
opportunity to have a glorious career at telecom. So, so, so yeah, those are things that are pretty, yeah, pretty inspirational. And, and if you get those things right, I think you can impact the company and, and the people that work here for, for an extended period of time. Energy and passion are evident drivers to Sipo's success, and he has the same advice for others. Be passionate about what you do. I think that if you don't have passion or, or energy, you can have it all upstairs. But if you can't translate it to that zeal and intensity uh, in an energetic way, it means nothing. You know, It means really, really nothing. And um, I've seen quite a lot of people who had it all upstairs. They were the brightest guys in the room, but they just lacked yeah, the energy and the intensity. In fact, even to war, you know, a guy with 65% energy and uh, 35% kind of cerebral, I'll take, the, I'll take that guy, you know, than a guy who is kind of 95% cerebral and 5% energy, you know, you're not going to go to war with that guy. So I guess for me, that's that really, and it doesn't matter what it is. And you don't start it because you think you've reached the highest point of your career, you know, it doesn't matter at at, at what level of an organization you might be at, whether it's junior or middle or upper. Just do whatever you have to do with a lot of energy and commitment and passion. You've been listening to Face to Face with Success. I'm Nigiwe Pikicha. successful and some are more than a little controversial they're real south africans on face-to-face with success brought to you by real people with the real solutions nashua saving you time saving you money putting you first find more real success stories at the solutions lab.co.za